Before we get started with today's show, we just wanted to give a quick shout out to the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. For unique pre- and post-match edits, goal of the month polls, competitions, and more, be sure to check out We Are Southampton on Instagram. And special thanks to Matt for putting together our logo. And now, here's the show. Hello and welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markstone, and you can follow the show at SFC Del Ivery. That's at SFC D-E-L-L underscore I-V-E-R-Y on Twitter. We thank you all for joining us, and we look forward to bringing you a special edition of the show today uh, where we will interview and talk with Andrew Walker, former host of the Saints podcast. We'll get to our conversation in just a minute, uh, but before we get there, we wanted to take a second to talk about the transfer activities and, you know, uh, the, the number one issue we're, we're looking at is the fact that uh, Jose Font still has not made a first team appearance in several weeks. He handed in his his transfer request. And since then, there have been uh, there's been interest from Liverpool, apparently a little bit of interest from Manchester United, though it's kind of unconfirmed. And really what we're left with is a center back pairing of Virgil van Dyke and Yoshida going through playing game after game after game. And I guess it's working a little bit. They've scored some goals, but that's really not what they're there for. They're there to keep goals out. And, you know, with them playing together, we gave up two to Norwich. We gave up one to Burnley, although we did keep a clean sheet against Liverpool. But, you know, we're not playing necessarily at the level that we need. And I think I think Font could really help us out. I think he'd help us out at the back. I think he, him and Van Dyke play uh, better together than him and Yoshida. And I just overall think that Font is better than Yoshida. Font is getting older. He's not young. Uh, and coming off of that Euro 2016 performance that he had, maybe maybe he is looking to to move on, but that's nothing new for a Southampton player. The players tend to get their heads turned by bigger clubs, especially if they do so well, they attract attention. And let's be honest, we want our players attracting attention because that means they're doing well. We don't want them to leave we want them to stay at the club, but if nobody was looking at any of our players, then our team probably wouldn't be very exciting. Our team probably wouldn't be very good, and that's really not what we want. Looking back at how Puel has dealt with this situation with Jose not being in the first team, uh, even on the bench, a lot of the past few matches, it kind of brought up the uh, the situation for Sadio Mane and Victor Wanyama under Ronald Koeman in past years, where both Mane and Wanyama uh, were attracting attention from elsewhere, and both of them had to be taken out of of a match or two uh, and be sat down and kind of been told to get their head right. And Kuman was very upfront; he was very loud with his his punishment. It was in the papers and and all of those things. And he said, you know, these guys, their heads are not in it; they're not ready. And that that was tough to hear, but he somehow managed to convince them that, hey, if you stay here, if you play hard, if you if you put your effort in here, 
you will get that contract that you were looking for elsewhere. You will get your move. And, you know, maybe maybe we, we can convince Font of that, to come back into the team, to give it his all, and then he can be given his, his uh, transfer over the summer. The uh, downside to that would be that we face the prospect of losing both Font and Van Dyke in the same window. And as we talked about last week, uh, that would leave us open at the back, to say the least. And you'd be looking at trying to fill uh, a hole there with two new center backs, probably new to the Premier League, and trying to get them ready for a season over a short period of time. And that's probably not the best route to take. But nonetheless, Font still uh, no official transfer uh, as of time of this recording. And so for now, we have Yoshida and Van Dyke anchoring our, our defense, and we'll have to see how that all pans out. So on today's show, we're going to talk with Andrew Walker, former host of the Saints podcast, and we'll talk to him about the League Cup semifinal leg one. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Burnley and the Premier League, and also what's going to happen with Norwich and Leicester City. Uh, so there is lots to talk about. We'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, uh, Andrew Walker, uh, former host of the Saints podcast. Uh, hello, Andrew. Hey, uh, thanks for having me on. Oh, no problem. My, my pleasure. Thank you for, for joining us. And just so everybody out there knows, uh, you can follow Andrew on Twitter at Saints Podcast. Where would you like to start with the, the, the soccer? Perhaps you want to start with the, uh, the most exciting thing at the moment, um, the League Cup. Um, there's probably some more negative stuff to get to, but uh, the League Cup might be a nice place to start, perhaps. Yeah, let's let's start on a high. And my understanding was that you were actually at St. Mary's for leg one, correct? Yes, I was. Yeah, lucky enough to be there. And um, yeah, I mean, it was a good game. Um, I, I don't know if you want to kind of go through the ins and outs of it, but you know, on on the whole, obviously, it was actually you know clearly it was one of the better performances we've had this season. Um, I think one thing that's sort of the thread that runs through even our recent performances, um, you know, is that we could have made more of it. You know, we, we scored a goal, which was great, but we could have scored more goals. And I think that's probably uh, at the heart of why things aren't going so well in the league at the moment. But um, on the whole, I mean, it was an excellent result. And uh, let's just hope it's enough to take us through to the cup final. Yeah, absolutely. We were uh, talking on the last episode uh, and, you know, we were kind of hoping for a draw at best. Um, yeah. We kind of felt like we were you know, having just given away two goals to Norwich, we kind of felt like we were definitely going to give up goals to Liverpool. Um, and we're not mm. scoring a whole lot at the moment. So to come out of that with a one nil win is, is, is good. And it made me feel good. Um, it was finally nice to see Redmond put one away. Uh, but, you know, I think we, overall, we wish, we all wish, you know, more goals is better. So it's going to be a tough, yeah. a, a little t- bit of a tough, uh, tough leg too, I think, but it, we're, we're set up nicely. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think it's uh, it's going to be it is going to be a tough return leg, and I think it's a case of yeah. I mean, if we if we can get a goal, uh, then that kind of you know obviously that means Liverpool have to score two, and and when you go into extra time, then it um, away goals count at that point. So um, yeah, we're in a good position if we can uh, you know if we can try and score a goal though, because you know you, obviously I'm sure you remember the Europa League finale where we had to just get a new and a draw and go through and look how that worked out. So. Uh, it should be interesting to see how Puel sets up. Yeah, I, I remember just kind of going like, like I can't believe we, we couldn't hold on to that. And I don't know if we set up to just be too defensive in that and that we were kind of relying on being able to hold out for a draw. But, you know. That's probably been a bit of a problem of uh, the season so far, I guess. I mean, I personally don't think that uh, we should be getting rid of Puel yet. 
Um, I, I'm not in that camp, but um, I, you know, when people are saying we play far too defensively, I agree completely. I mean, we have played some games where we've been, uh, maybe it's been the right tactic and it's been pragmatic. Um, I'm thinking of the Liverpool game at home in the league. I was, I was at that game as well, actually, okay. um, where we drew 0 0 and we were sort of hanging on by the skin of our teeth at the end. Um, and, you know, maybe that was the, the right approach on the day. He got a draw, so fair enough. But um, in, in some other games this year, like, um, for example, the Tottenham game, I'm talking about another game I was at, you know, because it was Christmas and I was seeing my family. Right. Um, that that game, um, you know, for the first, tw- Tottenham was on a fantastic run of form and however well we played, maybe, you know, we'd have lost. But in the first 20 minutes or so, they were, I'm not saying they're, they were there for the taking, but they were, we could have gone at them a little bit harder than we did. And I think there's a, a little bit of a balance maybe that he needs to strike um, perhaps a little bit better. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching that game as well. And, and seeing like, you know, I, I was surprised that we came out and were kind of on them uh, from right from the start. And then it just, like you said, about 20 minutes in, it all kind of just shifted. And then it, from there it was kind of just over. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of worked against us. I think by sitting back, we invited um, a team like Tottenham on us and, you know, they play a high pressing line. So if you if you sit back, they're just going to park themselves in your half. So, I mean, that, that felt slightly tactically naive. But then again, you know, I'm not a, a UA for pro license holder, whereas Puel is. So what do I know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it sounds like there's a lot of uh, those, those UEFA license pro holders all over Twitter uh, if, you, if you read around. But it's OK. <laughs> yeah, um, it seems that way. Yeah, and, and it's it's difficult. You know, I mean, you got so many games, you have so many teams that you're you're and you're trying to rotate players and and all that stuff and so you never kind of really know you know how how things are going to work out i guess but i think he's coming in with a game plan most matches that i am not necessarily opposed to although i do think it's a bit defensive Mm. but i feel like we're creating plenty of chances in most games and we're just not able to kind of put them away yeah and i think it goes to the heart of what pretty much probably every fan um, has said since the summer, you know, we lost Heller and we didn't replace him. I know that, you know, when we bought Austin, people like the club were saying, well, I don't know if the club officially sort of said it, but it was kind of mooted that that Austin was a, a long-term replacement. But, you know, in my mind, he was, he was in a, a, a competition for, for Pella, especially when you lose Mane, who's the source of so many goals. Um, like it seemed crazy in my mind not to have bought another striker last year. And you know what? They always, you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but they say, you know, buy a better player than you've got so that you're always improving. Um, and, you know, in my mind, we would have bought a better player than Austin so that we've kind of, kind of got someone, you know, better. And then we've still got Austin on the bench kind of thing. I mean, I guess they looked at it and thought, well, we've got, uh, we've got Austin, we've got J-Rod coming back and we've got Long. But for me, that was never, that was never going to be quite enough. And, and I think that's been demonstrated. Yeah, I, I think you're you're correct in that there's no way that Charlie Austin can be your go-to striker on a Premier League club, especially when you're trying to stay in European competitions and all that stuff. I just don't see him as being uh, the guy who can get you that many goals. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I've always been a fan. So when we're in League One, all the way up, um, like there were a number of players who we were trying to sort of um, – who we were linked with, who were – in like a league one clubs that were at a similar level. And then when we got to the championship, it was like championship players who were at that sort of level. Um, it was Craig McHale Smith at Brighton, for example. And, and then like others like Lambert and Barnard and, and we've, we bought Billy Sharp. And there were a few of these players along the way and Charlie Austin's career, cause he was at Swindon 
I think he was at Weymouth, and he like he climbed through the leagues like we did. Okay. And all the while, I remember saying to my mates, "I was like, we should we should sign Austin. He's a great player." And then um, when we finally did, I was really pleased with that because I, 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 you know, he had a season at um, QPR, which I could be wrong, but I think he got around about twenty goals. I, I could be corrected, but it was in that sort of area, and that was for a team that got relegated. So when we signed him, I was really delighted about that i don't know whether it's to do whether he's kind of got hang got some injuries or or whether you like maybe maybe you can't play him every game i don't know what it is but i feel like he is a really good player but we need somebody else uh, i think you are correct in that he scored i'm not, I'm not i don't know if it was 20 but it was a lot i mean he scored he scored i guess yeah. pretty pretty perfectly. so maybe my uh my memories of him have been kind of hampered by the it seems like he's always scoring scoring penalties and and then yeah. you know he doesn't look the most uh mobile maybe center forward. No, I know. I know what you mean. And, and I guess there's also, maybe there's a claim to be said, okay, he did it one season. That's fine. But you know, a, a true, really, you know, top player will has to do that for many years to get that sort of, uh, that status. So, yeah, you know, he hasn't done that yet. And that's a, maybe a sort of question mark against his name. Okay. Real quick. Let's, let's uh, circle back to the, to Lee cup. I think I got us off track a little bit, but uh, what was the atmosphere like, uh, in St. Mary's, uh, given that we're, we're going through a bit of a, a roller coaster ride of, of form, but uh, mm. what, what were the what, what was it like being there? Were, were people uh, overall pretty pretty ecstatic, pretty happy, or uh, were people starting to get on the team a little bit? I think it, it, it kind of tracked the the, the 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 game itself. So the first twenty minutes, obviously, we didn't um, yeah, we we scored in the twentieth minute. Um, in the first uh, yeah twenty minutes, there was there was grumblings around. Um, which you always hear, but I feel like um, we're hearing more at the moment. And, you know, in some respect, that's understandable. People don't want to go to a game to see their team lose. Um, so there was some, like, you know, people kind of, their patience was quite thin, I think. But, you know, obviously we scored and won them up and then played pretty well and had some good good chances, um, which I'm sure we'll come on to, um, yeah. as the game went on. And, uh, you know, the atmosphere was excellent. It was fantastic at the end it was really just one of those cup nights i don't want to you know spout too many cliches but one of those cup nights under the lights it was uh you know it was, it was a special atmosphere it was really nice and for many of us well for for certainly me and and group of my friends that i went to it's the first one we remember seeing because i think it was what was it 89 87 or something like that since we were last in a, a league cup semi-final so um yeah it was an excellent atmosphere and a, and a good performance and perhaps like we said earlier we should have got more from it yeah, uh, I you know I just hope that that what we displayed uh, kind of in that match we can carry over and uh, I I kind of think that if you give Redmond and you give Rodriguez and you give uh, Long those guys you give them repeated chances eventually mm. they have to put them away you know and so I think I'm I'm encouraged by the fact that we created so many chances I wish we put more away but I think if we keep doing that like things have to get better. Yeah, I suppose. I guess on the one hand, that, that like I, I, I do agree. I, I mean, because like if you look at that game, right? How many, how many chances do we have? Like clear cut, probably four, five, maybe. Like, and that's a lot in one game, especially yeah. against Liverpool. But we took one, and you know, if we have three clear cut chances, and we, you know, by that ratio, we might not score. Um, and I think that's the problem, isn't it? It's like I've always thought of Shane Long as a really, I, I like him. He's got he puts his heart and soul into a performance, but you have to give him like three or four chances genuinely before he takes a you know scores a goal i guess that's the that's the problem right where you know we need a player who's going to need one or two you know maximum yeah yeah and i i'm i'm a big shane long fan i like the pace i like that he's 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 moving around a lot and i think he puts pressure on the defense a lot um 
Yeah. But sometimes I, I worry, especially when we kind of controlling possession and we're in their half and we're passing the ball around their 18 yard box a lot. I don't think Shane long fits that, that situation very yeah. well, you know? Um, so in a, in a situation where we're going to be kind of getting pinned back a little bit, I like to, I, I would like to have him on just to run down the channels and, and do that. Cause I think that's where he kind of thrives. He, he pulls the center backs out of position and does that stuff. And I, I think that's good. Um, but like you said, he, he's got to do that three or four or five times before he, finally puts one away and sometimes we don't get that many chances so yeah no i and i agree with you I, I really like the way stretches are playing i think um i think it was redmond's chip right near the end there and that was all down to shane long pressure it well chasing a ball down and then kind of like i'd say out muscle but the defender just fell over really i mean but fair play to shane long it was all down to his guile yes and he, he kind of he put that ball across and it was a really good ball so he's got that ability for sure but like, I, I would agree completely like if you're kind of pinning a team back, then he's less the man. I mean, he's not like a goal poacher. Um, you know, he's not going to kind of do like the Jermaine Defoe type role where he's just like, you know, snaffles up a chance. Um, right. You know, he, he's been, his talent is, is like the way he stretches the play and just adds that energy, I think. In, in the semifinal league one, was there any standout player in on the Southampton squad that you saw that really kind of stood out to you? Or was it kind of just like a whole team performance that you thought was really good? Or uh, what, what did you, what do you think? Um, I thought that um, there were two on the night and then there was a friend afterwards who said someone else. I can't remember who that was, but uh, Oriel Romeo was just a beast. And um, he's not, uh, he's not as kind of um, a class, uh, that's a bit harsh, but like a classy player like Schneiderlin, where he's like, Schneiderlin kind of just into just read the reads the game so well and like would intercept a pass and kind of he was one step ahead almost of the the opposition in the way he closed them down. Right. Whereas Romeo is he's a bit like that. Like he's got he's not saying he's not a smart player, but he's also just like full of guile and he'll just take he'll smash into players and oh yeah <laughs> he'll yeah just like run over the run over as many men as is necessary to get the ball and I love that because you need a player like that. He is one that is 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 fun to watch, but sometimes you can see the tackles coming from, you know, yeah. mile away, and you're just like, oh, <laughs> here it comes, and you then just... there it is, and it's 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 awesome to watch, and, and especially when he comes away, because watching him run, he's not the most graceful kind of moving down the no, pitch. No, he's not. But uh, no. he gets it going and carries the ball well, and I I, I like him. He kind of runs a bit like a crab, doesn't he? Like yeah, like his legs kind of side to side. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, but like meandering down the pitch, he's uh, he's good, and um. Yeah, I think he's he's just sort of the player you need, like especially at the, at the point at the moment where you know things are looking a bit you know a bit down in the league or whatever. You need a, a, a fighter like that. So uh, yeah, he was good. And then um, I thought Ryan Bertram was excellent on the left. You know, maybe maybe this is one of the things we haven't done so much: play our wingers higher up the pitch. I mean, unfortunately, been able to go to so many games this year, not living in the UK now, but I've been to like a handful, and uh, it, it doesn't seem like we have such a high uh, line with our fullbacks and. Uh, Bertrand when he's in that attacking position and Suarez to a degree but Bertrand is so deadly so I thought he was excellent as well it seemed like him and was Redmond on the left side for for a lot of the game I think with him and yeah and on the yes that's right and I think he switched between sides but yeah he was with him as well now, I think yeah, those two together. those two seem to work together pretty well and there were a couple of times where I think Bertrand overlapped and it really kind of wreaked havoc on Liverpool's defense and uh, I don't think we got any any goals came from that, but there were there were opportunities there that I think if we can get him into that position more would be would be good for our, for the, for the squad as a whole. 
Yeah, I agree. And, and the thing is, it, it kind of, um, whilst it obviously exposes you a little bit, if you're going to do that, then uh, with fullbacks, but what it does do, it really pins back a team. You know, I'm not saying we'd have beaten Tottenham like anyway, because they were very good in the night. And obviously they're in a great run at the moment. But, you know, I feel like if we'd have attacked their fullbacks a bit and like moved the ball a little bit quicker, um, it would have really kind of like made it harder for them to do the closing down game that they do. And, uh, yeah, so I'd like to see Bertrand... Uh, you know, really pushing on in a way that he did with, again, with Koeman uh, at the helm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When I was watching, I was looking at the midfield kind of three with uh, Romeo Davis and, and Classy, and I was concerned yeah. at first, you know, because that's just the midfield to me that doesn't look like they're scoring, you know. That, mm. that, and, when, and when we're lacking kind of scoring any goals anyway, uh, I was looking at that and I was kind of worried, but – I think Davis and Classy both played extremely well, and they—I think they—they—they yeah. they, they, they ran—they ran themselves into the ground. But I was really, really impressed with them all game. Just kind of the intensity, the pressure, all of it. Yeah, I think Davis. Davis was was the player that my friend mentioned. Now he brought it back to me, so thank you. Um, Davis is just quality. He's just—he's just—he's a leader for for one. And I don't know if I'm slightly influenced by watching him captain Northern Ireland over the last few years. In their um in their qualification run and then obviously ultimately playing in the Euros because I watched a few of their games but um he's just a quality player and then and he's got a lot of talent as well and I think he's one of those ones that probably uh, me included um, many Saints fans are probably kind of only starting to realise that or you know it, it it wasn't the first thing you'd have said about him was quality player you know he was okay. a hard working player but. But yeah, I really like him. Did, so on the TV, you kind of got, you know, because you're watching from a bit further away, did you get that impression then that they were kind of running the show in midfield? Yeah, yeah, 100%. It looked like we had control there. And I I don't want to take anything away from Classy and Davis, but I haven't been the biggest Classy fan. Uh, I wasn't impressed last no, year neither. watching him. And mm. so kind of when I look at the uh, at, at our uh, our team and I see both Classy and Yoshida in there, I was a little worried. Um, but I really felt that, Classy did a good job breaking up play. I saw him misplace a few passes, but it really, it really did look like him and Davis were working hard and working, and really putting pressure on on, on Liverpool, which I, I thought was was great. Now I was going to say, do you think we should have, um, not that he may have been interested, but should we have been uh, sniffing around Schneiderlin to try and get him back? I mean, he may have had no interest in joining us, but what do you think of that? Uh, I I think he's I think he's great. I I mean, I would have loved to have had him back, um, but I felt like he had. I felt I feel like he's maybe moved on. Yeah. You know. Um and it was kind of interesting because he left the club under Kuman and then now he's back to him and so it's kind of I was I'll be honest I wasn't paying attention at that point to uh what was pushing him to leave or if it was the money or you know, it wanted to be a better club or whatever, whatever it was but it seems slightly odd that he's back with the manager he left before so Yeah, yeah, and the team who all right, the club's historically probably a bit bigger than us but um in terms of league position over the last three years, they've not been, but that's probably going to change this year. But, you know, that move is kind of, I guess, understandable because I don't suppose anyone in the top six was sniffing around him, really. Otherwise, they'd have had him. Right. So I guess for him, it was like that or move abroad somewhere. So right. I guess this way, he gets to, he gets a massive salary at Everton as well. I'm sure he's on a 80 grand a week or something stupid. Yeah. Um, and, and he, yeah, and he's at a team that's got, you know, I guess externally facing anyway they seem to have some ambition so maybe it makes sense maybe it's a, a sensible move for him i just hope he hope he pushes on because he's a good player and it was a shame to see him sort of warm the bench at united yeah yeah he kind of disappeared it's not what you want especially at that stage in your career you kind of 
these are the years you should be making the big money and, and making an impact and yeah. kind of just disappearing like that's no good. But anything else you want to say about uh, League Cup leg one? Let's see. The second leg isn't this week, but next week. So it's kind of far away to kind of predict stuff. But do you have anything you'd like to to say about before we move on? Well, I mean, I guess if we if we I always like a prediction. So um, I don't know with that one. I, Actually, I say I like a prediction, but I've got no idea what the result will be. I really <laughs> have no idea. I thought, in my head, I, was, I went to the home game and I thought we could lose this 4-0. And I might be scarred because last year I was at the, the 6-1 okay. um, smashing or whatever you want to call it. But um, like, it could go that way, couldn't it? It could be a, we could we could catch them on a, on a good night and we could, be, have a ba- we could have a bad night. And, you know, it could be an absolute mothering. But then again, you know, over the last three years, we've been to these places. We've been to pretty much... Uh, if I stand corrected, I think we've been to every every ground in the top, um, apart from maybe Man City. We've been to every ground in the top five, six, and and one. Whether it be the League Cup, or, you know, with Arsenal or whatever, and I know we went won, won the Premier League in the other games. So um, you know, if things go well, why not? Anyway, <laughs> I'm not actually offering a prediction. Oh, that's okay. But, uh, let's yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say we can go through because I've got to be positive. Okay, yeah, I, I think I think we have we have a legitimate shot to go through, and I am I'm pulling for it. I do think we're gonna have a little bit harder time because Henderson was back for them at the weekend, and I think he means mm-hmm. so much to uh, to their midfield. Uh, I I think we're gonna have we're gonna struggle a little bit more in midfield to control the game, but I still think we can I still think we can do it, uh, and because they yeah, have to play got Coutinho as well, of course. Yes, yes, and they have to play a replay as well this That's week. That's true. So and they've got a long way to go as well because it's all the way in the southwest so uh it's quite a long journey for them yes yes all right um did you get a chance to watch the uh the match this weekend against burnley or no uh i was watching some of it so um yeah i can't say i can go blow by blow in the tactics but um yeah it was just disappointing really wasn't it again i mean uh, again i i mean as i say i wasn't there to see the ins and outs but you know it seemed like we created some chances and um didn't take them uh, look, take a look at the at the match stats, and I was counting the shots. We had 15 sh- shots from inside the penalty area. Yeah. Only three of them wind up on target. Obviously, we we don't score. And then, but we, the possession stats and things were were uh, ridiculous, you know. And yeah. you kind of think that you you have the ball 60 percent of the time, you're going to wind up being being okay, you know. And that's just this is yeah. not how it worked out. No, but I think it's reflected in other games, isn't it? You know, it's Norwich away. We actually scored goals in that one, to be fair. But, you know, like it was, that was a bit of a freak one, wasn't it? We had a goalie who made a really unfortunate mistake who otherwise played fairly well. And um, and then, well, Yoshida just went missing, which is what he can do sometimes. Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe in that case. Like, but, you know, we, we, we did dominate that game. And... Um, it's been more than you know a handful of games we've dominated this year and not really got much out of. So, I think it just comes down to needing a striker. Really, I really hope that we can we can turn this this uh, this this replay around uh, against Norwich. But the uh, the Burnley match was overall just frustrating. I'm not really sure there's there's that much to to say. You know, we outshot them more than two to one, seven corners to their two. And it just kind of look, if you just look at all the stats, you go, well, there's no way that Burnley came away with this with any points. And it turns out they got all three. So, yeah. I get the question is, is, you know, do you think, um, 
is it is it Puel fundamentally or is it just a lack of a striker? Because you know, like um, I think it's two years in a row now where we've struggled at this time of the year. Certainly last year we had, had an appalling run. So you know, what do you think? Is it is it a case of um, Puel's tactics being fundamentally wrong and and he's just doing badly as some people on Twitter think, or or is it simpler than that? I I feel like maybe he hasn't had the time to kind of put in the system and, and, and get the players he needs or the players he wants. But um, I, I think it is the lack of a striker more so than, you know, Puel just doesn't understand what's, what's happening, but I don't know. What do what do you think? Yeah. I, I, I know. I guess probably the, the um, league cup semifinal, it's probably the first time where I can definitively say that's got to have been his best team, right? Cause you, you wouldn't play a weakened team and, and, and it looked based on what he had available, like he was his best team. And I feel like he's made a lot of changes, and I think mostly that's probably been fair because we've had so many games. But in terms of like mistakes he's made, maybe he's made a few too many subs in each game. You know, well, not subs, sorry, um, uh, changes from previous games. Often, you know, we're seeing five and six changes. And I think what will be interesting to see is when we get to February onwards, when when he is only playing mostly one game a week. It's going to be quite interesting to see how he manages that that squad. And I almost feel like no other manager, probably in the history of the club, has managed that many games quite close together. Um, I know that like him and Koeman, up, I think it was up to like the new year or whatever, they've managed, I think he'd managed just two more games, but that's because we included those qualifying games that happened in, in August of the previous year. But like, that was we had a, we had those games and we had a break and then we had like the normal league run after that. Whereas Puel, as no other Saints manager, has, had, has managed in a group stage of, Europe, uh, of the Europa League before. So I think it's kind of harsh. I think he's like maybe maybe anyone would have done badly there. Maybe maybe not. I don't know. But I just feel like we're not doing so badly, albeit we've lost four in a row. But we're not been doing so badly that you know that that I don't think we should give the guy a chance. If we were staring down relegation now, I'd say, right, okay, we need to have a rethink. But I think we've got enough credibility of it as a club that even if we finish 15th, we can attract players in the summer and and we can, you know, we can still move forward. So I just think it's short-termism for people to just say, get rid of him. You know, I think this is the first year uh, in quite a while that the team doesn't look like it's going to finish higher than than it did the previous year, you yeah. know? And so that's gotta be, uh, hard for, for people that have been watching and been cheering and been like, Oh my, you know, we're, we're doing so well. And then all of a sudden to have it kind of just that, that run checked is, uh, I can understand people kind of being frustrated with it, you know, but yeah, like you said, I think, I think he needs, I think he needs a little bit of time. I think he needs, uh, you know, to be given some, the benefit of the doubt in some cases, some instances, uh, but not, not to say that we're not going to, going to question the moves that he has made exactly i think that's like i think the difference is between like me and and i know i've got there's lots of people with a similar view of me and lots of people that disagree but my view is we can give him a bit more time and some people might say that going into next season all right if we're going to sack him then we should sack him now and then prepare for next year but i just feel like it's short-termism and and actually you know he's got a bunch of players there that he's you know, hopefully they're starting to get on board with what he's doing. Maybe they're not, but you know, you know, if, if we're looking at kind of the future, like it makes sense to try and kind of keep with this guy because he's playing young players. Seemingly, some of the young players are getting on very well with him. 
So we should, I think, just at least stick with him a little bit longer. Give him like a half season where he doesn't have to play twice a week for pretty much all of it. Right, um, right. I just think that's only fair. Anything that you see coming up against against Norwich or, or Leicester you'd like to, to point out? Um, I guess for Norwich, it's just a case of, um, well, it would be interesting to see what lineup he puts out. Ah, yeah. Because if he's played a lot of football recently, I'm imagining he'll make five or six changes again. Uh, maybe he's right to, you know, because uh, we've only got so many, like, first team players. So it'd be interesting to see what he does there. And, and, and I actually would quite like to see him and I'm sure he will, playing some of the younger players, giving Josh Jims another start, mm-hmm. uh, I think would be good. And then, yeah, I mean, going into, what's the next game after that? I think it's Leicester, isn't it, in the league? Yeah, on Sunday. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, if you think, okay, we got, we got what, I think it's Wednesday, Norwich, you got Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday. Again, I mean, I don't think a Saints manager, in, in my lifetime, my, well, my living memory, at least, of watching the club, has had to deal with that level of fixtures because let's face it, he's he finished Europa League in December, he had the Christmas run about two weeks later, and that's basically just finished, and then he's played League Cup, and then we unfortunately drew, so we got to play Norwich. I mean, they've barely had a chance to train like properly and learn tactics, let alone you know dr- drill a real system in. So um, you know, yeah. I, I, don't, I think it would have been extremely hard for any manager, especially when you lose like Mane and some of those players in the summer as well. Yeah. And, and when, especially when that's completely out of your control, you know, uh, Absolutely, you're, yeah. you're walking into a team that's, that's, that's missing their, you know, they're arguably their two biggest threats and you're walking into a, a situation that the club has never really dealt with and playing, you know, all of these fixtures kind of just piled in together. And I think it's what we want as fans because we want the team to be involved in all the competitions, but mm. you know, there are going to be growing pains when you're trying to make that leap from, you know, playing one game a week because you're out of everything to, to, to trying to fight for a top six spot and, you know, go deep into these, into these cups. So. Yeah. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's part of the the thinking was with not getting a striker. I mean, maybe they tried, but they couldn't get one. Who knows? But, um, you know, maybe they didn't necessarily expect to be, um, you know, have, have this many fixtures. I mean, it's probably a bit of a poor excuse, but I don't know, maybe that's, something in that as well. I mean, they probably didn't expect Austin to get injured, but you know, that's why you have contingencies, I guess. But, um, I kind of feel like it's a must win game, the, the Norwich game. But, uh, if I had to prioritize, yeah. if I had to pick two games to really go after two matches to go after out of the next three, I, I'm going to leave that one out. I'm going to say we can do without the, the extra matches and a week off here and there later in the season yeah. and focus on the league and try to get this league cup thing uh, nailed down, you know? Yeah, I suppose the trouble is it's like, uh, I mean, I know you're only talking in a hypothetical sense, and of course you would want us to go in every competition, but like, right. you could see that if we if we lost to Norwich and we lost to Le- well, whatever, you know, whether we win, lose, or draw to Leicester, but if we lose to Norwich and then we lose one week later, that could be that could be Puel facing extremely tough times and and and, and really strong calls for his head because if we're at the FA Cup and the League Cup in a week. And oh, we're yeah, probably yeah. going to be 13th in the Premier League. Suddenly, like even the optimist amongst us might start saying this season's starting to look a bit poor. Yeah, but yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. It's a big, it's a big couple of weeks for him. And it, and I feel like it's been that way. I think just after the New Year, when we when he had to first play three different uh, competitions in one week, he said this is a big week for us. And, yeah, absolutely right. And I think it it just kind of keeps happening. You know, I think at this point every week is kind of a big week and. 
I'm not really quite sure how I would, how I would rotate the the side to make sure that you're, you know, fresh and, or maybe you just expect the players to go out there and, and, and do it because it's their job and, and they want to win. Cause I don't think anybody wants to go out there and lose, but you know, I don't, I don't know. No, I mean, I guess like you were saying before though, we, the one thing that's in our favor is that at least Liverpool got to do the same thing. So, okay. Probably we're playing a slightly better opponent. However, we're at home. They've got to go to, you know, have an away fixture. They've got to play a team who are going to be so up for that game. It's unbelievable. And they're going to, they are going to, like, whether their bodies are aching for the previous game, Plymouth are going to go for it. Right. And then I don't know who they've got on the weekend, but they've got, they'll have a weekend game and then they've got to play us. I mean, I guess I, I don't know whether it's a bit of a shame that we're playing Sunday, actually. I mean, it would have been better if we'd have been playing Saturday because then at least we could have had a bit more rest between like ahead of the game that really, really matters. But it'll be interesting to see how that, that one plays out because at least we've all got to play the same amount of minutes. That's right. something, I suppose. Right. They play, uh, it's Swansea at the weekend. At home or away? Uh, they're at home and it's on Saturday. Okay. So, I mean, on one hand, they're going to be pretty tired after coming back from Plymouth. That's a flight. So, yeah. But I don't know. It's probably, you know, who knows how it's going to play out. But, um, what we do know is it's like it is going to be a big week. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm 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 excited. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, I am really looking forward to it. I, I would love to to win all three. I want I want to win all three. I, I just hope that everybody can kind of get behind him. And for Puel's sake, I hope he, I, ho- I hope the team does it. You know. Yeah, yeah. Same here. I mean, uh, we want him to do well, don't we? Uh, I sometimes feel like when you look at people on Twitter, like I know that they they would say absolutely not, but I almost like think they want us to fail. You know, because they want to see the manager go. So, you know, us losing would aid that in some way. I just think, right, yeah, you know what? He he hasn't been the most exciting manager this at this point. Maybe that's part of that is his personality. But um, I feel like he hasn't done a bad job. I mean, I think it was up until the weekend, we had pretty much the, the same or almost the same record at this point as we did last year with Koeman. Absolutely. Um, and you know what? You could even argue last year we maybe we could have done a bit better. Um, and that's okay, probably a bit harsh considering we came sixth. But you know, it was a season where everyone was pretty much appalling, apart from Leicester. If if we if you think about the the level of competition this season compared to last, I think it's fair to say it's certainly harder. Um, Man United and also you know Man United and Chelsea and Everton and Liverpool are all miles better than they were last year. So it's also a slightly tougher league, I think, in some ways. Yeah. I don't think the table lies. You know, I think those 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 teams are kind of separating themselves, and and the results that they get against the rest of the league, I think I think back that up. You know, they beat up on each other a little bit, but for the most part, they're they're beating they're beating teams handily. Is there anything else that you'd like to cover? I- um, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think we've covered like yeah the next couple of weeks really, haven't we? So yeah, I think yeah. I think we're good. Well, I I, I so appreciate you you doing this. Um, no problem. And uh, hopefully, maybe again in the future, if that's okay with you. Yeah, yeah. If you want to, you know, do it again later in the season, then just uh, just drop me a message, and I'll see if I'm about. Thank you, Andrew, once again for joining us. That's Andrew Walker, formerly of the Saints Podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Saints Podcast. Encourage him uh, and his mates to get together and uh, give us a few more episodes when they get the chance. I can't express to you how how nice it was to talk to Andrew. Uh, over over the hour or so that, that we recorded. Uh, I, I just really enjoyed that time. So thanks again, Andrew, and I hope that you all enjoyed it 
that'll pretty much do it for this week. We have two matches between now and the next time we are scheduled to record. So hopefully we move through to the fourth round of the FA Cup. And hopefully we can turn around our league form against Leicester City. Be sure to follow the show at SFC D-E-L-L underscore I-V-E-R-Y. That's at SFC Delivery. Uh, You can also find us on Acast and iTunes. And we're trying to get into a few other places. So as the podcast becomes available, other places, I will let you know. But be sure to subscribe if you can at this point so you don't miss an episode. Uh, Special thanks to Matt of the We Are Southampton Instagram page for designing our logo for us. And thanks for listening to the Southampton Delivery, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markstone, and remember that together, we march on.